Welcome to the FedHeads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the FedHeads each week as Robert Shea and a celebrity guest host talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to another episode of FedHeads. And this episode, we're delighted to be joined again by my friend and colleague, Jen Kerber. Woohoo! I'm so excited to be here. So one of the most exciting facts is that Jen and I grew up basically in the same town at the same time. We're both proud Houstonians. Yeah. And not a lot of people can say the same thing. No, no. Except for a couple million people, maybe. Well, now, I think it's the fourth largest city, but... Anyway, what do I'm, I know? I'm really excited to be doing this with you, and really great to be joined by the esteemed Doug Glenn, now the Chief Financial Officer at the Office of Personnel Management, but may have held more senior financial management positions at more agencies than any other financial management professional in the federal government. Doug, welcome. Thanks Thank for being you. with us. Thank you, Robert. Good to be here. We're here at the Association of Government Accountants professional development training in Anaheim, California, which is why you hear the ebullient noise in the background. That's right. Yeah. Nice and sunny out. Yes. It's good to be. This is my home state. I grew up uh, two hours from here, so it's good to be back. And you wear it well. I do. I'm wearing the uh, Hawaiian shirt. And you'll notice the AGA staff are wearing Hawaiian shirts tonight. So We missed the memo. Yes. We want to dive right into some real substance. So let's talk about this career, Doug. You've been at GSA. NASA, Interior, DOD, OPM, your footprint. And commerce. And commerce is genuinely as big as most people who've worked in this profession. What can you tell us about what you've seen in that journey? I've seen, I've seen a lot. Uh, there's, there's two things driving that, um, uh, th- those changes. One, uh, going to where the promotions were. Uh, then two, a couple of those agencies I went to because they had less than clean opinions. And one of my uh, career goals that I very much hope to see in my lifetime is a clean opinion for the uh, United States government, which is certainly uh, within grasp. You know, there's there's little idiosyncrasies amongst the different places that I've worked, but at the end of the day, we're all wrestling with the same issues, just often in different ways. But uh, we're, we're more united and alike than we are uh, different is what I've found. Uh, I'm curious, Doug, those are a lot of great organizations. Is there one that's mission you are more passionate about than the others? Yeah, it's got to be DOD. Yeah. Yeah, there's something. I I really, I was there for three years, and I literally did send out an email to my staff one day about how I look at the flag differently now. When I work with the men and women in uniform and I hear their stories, um, there was a a colonel in the uh, Marine Corps who flew attack helicopters, and he was, he'd escort me from meetings and he'd prepare my binder every day. And I was just talking to him about his combat experience and he literally had been shot down. That's I'm like, crazy. man, I should be carrying your stuff. <laughs> so, and yeah, you realize the sacrifice that uh, the families make, you know, these, these men and women in uniform deploy for six, seven, eight months and their spouses are taking care of the family at home during that time. I mean, there really is a family sacrifice uh, to their service that we all benefit from. And the other reason DOD really, uh, the mission really spoke to me is because they're, I think everybody knows, the last on the clean opinion list, still still going after that. And um, 
you know, I grew up as a debit credit internal control guy, and Robert just pointed out I've been doing this for a while. Yeah, that's where my skill probably was uh, most useful. So, so I, I got the privilege of attending Mark Esper's portrait unveiling Friday. Oh, wow. He and I served in the Senate together. I don't know what I expected, but you walk into that room and all the folks he served with really there to honor his service. Uh, but the sense of, of, of history, uh, tradition, and sacrifice yeah. is just hanging like a cloud over those meetings. It really struck me. But also what I was delighted with is the focus on transformation that Secretary Esper was proud of. What transformation did you see while you were there? What gave you hope that the trajectory towards that clean opinion is going to continue? Yeah. Well, the, like the change I saw is that uh, they were first focused on uh, NFRs as a metric for uh, progress, and I had a, a, actually a rather horrible, tacky analogy. I said, uh, you know, uh, focusing on NFRs is like the body count in, in Vietnam. Like uh, you, you can knock down NFRs and still make no progress strategically. So uh, we, we started focusing on material weaknesses and what you really have to knock down to, uh, to, to make progress in the audit. Um, the two things that I found very, very encouraging about uh, DOD and its uh, uh, financial integrity journey is they are actually far ahead of any other agency I've seen in terms of data analytics. They do understand the value of data and the value of data analysis, and they are deploying those skills and abilities to really look at what needs to be tackled and how best to tackle it. Um, and then the second is just at being at all those different agencies and being in the industry since the early 90s when the CFO Act has really taken root. The issues that our industry has wrestled with over the decades, DOD is wrestling with as well. And the, the conversations uh, that, that happened in the past are the same ones that are happening at DOD and the solutions that, that have been put in place are the same ones that DOD is looking at, looking at and uh, implementing as well. It's just their size and their complexity and their number of systems really is just, it's going to take some time. So, um, you know, Doug, as we've mentioned, you've been in this business for a while. I'm curious, what do you see for the future of, of federal financial management? Where, yeah. where do you see us headed? Yeah, more and more value. Uh, I mentioned DOD and their data analytics. We're starting to think of data as an asset. And we're starting to think about how to use that data to really help decision making and help our agencies reach the right conclusions and ultimately provide more value to uh, to the public and make sure we we'll try and wring as much value out of our taxpayer dollars as we can. It's a great time to be in this industry because the skill sets are changing, the light bulbs are going off, and there's there's no end in sight with the opportunities uh, ahead. So you you left DoD the most complex challenged organization on the planet for a cushy job running OPM. <laughs> that, that's not the first adjective that comes to I mind. Mean, I remember, <laughs> I remember a, a friend of mine was considering leaving government and she was asked if she would stay and run OPM. And Janice Lachance by chance? Uh, Linda Springer. Oh, Linda, yes. I said, you know, it, it may seem like not the most prominent job, but you're going to be running the largest workforce in the world, the largest retirement system in the world, the largest healthcare uh, insurance program in the world. You're going to be doing background checks on every sensitive 
position in the government? Thank so, you, Bob. I, I, I was comfortable in my position until right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I mean, the, that organization is at the fulcrum of a lot of how well the government operates. So tell us about the transition, what, what you're seeing and what you hope to accomplish. Well, OPM's rebuilding right now. I don't want to get into politics, but the prior administration was trying to fold uh, OPM into GSA. And the budgets were going down, and there were certain functions like the background investigations were moved to other agencies like uh, like DOD, and that, that did have an impact on morale and staffing, and there was a lot of turnover. So we're, we're building that back up. Uh, the current administration is extremely supportive. Uh, strengthening and empowering the workforce is one of the PMA goals. Uh, OPM is front and center at that. It is kind of exciting. There really is this sense of, okay, it's game time. It's it's put up or shut up. Uh, we got to step up to the plate and, and deliver so that you know we can get the resources that we, we really need to get back to where we were before and replace some of the lost uh, lost staffing. So what's on your agenda? What's your what's your big priority for OPM? Well, for, for me right now, we're focusing on change uh, change management for the office. We're transitioning to shared service providers. We still have data entry folks and. You know, we're looking to reskill and retool them uh, more for data analysts, uh, like I was mentioning earlier about the industry. You know, we've got shared service providers. Let them go ahead and do the data entry. That's what they do. That's what they specialize in. Let them have that, and we'll focus on the, uh, I, I dare to say, higher value functions. I hope that's all right. Nothing against the data entry folks, but I'd rather spend our time on data analysis and provide information for decision making than making sure we get the debits and credits right. So I'm, I assume you guys have some of the same challenges we do with hiring those super smart data analytics folks. Oh, yes. So what are you doing with your workforce now? Are you all in person? Are you remote? Or what are you trying to do to attract some of these folks? I was very much uh, in favor of bringing folks back into the office, but I reached the conclusion that uh, they didn't want to come back necessarily, and I could impose coming back, but then I'd be losing staff to the other agencies that, that don't. You mentioned having a hard time getting the data analysts and the rock stars, and you're absolutely right. In fact, I've given up trying to recruit those folks. I'm now, I've, I've resorted to, uh, not resorted, I've just, I've chosen to rather build that talent in-house. And I'm thrilled. We've got a couple of rock stars at OPM that I just said, look, go look at YouTube. We're going to use Power BI for a data visualization. YouTube's got videos out there. Look, just take this AR aging report that you're giving to me in Excel, do it in Power BI to see what you come up with. And God bless them, they do. They've come up with UDO aging reports, AR aging reports, AP aging reports. We're getting ready to put an unfilled customer order aging report in there. And we're already starting to do visualizations for other offices. So we're starting to send out that message. Look, we're building this capability. If you've got data that you want to visualize or you want a dashboard, give us a shot at it. We'll do it for you for free. Cool. It's really exciting. They're excited because they're cranking it out. They're seeing success. They know they're building a skill set that's highly marketable. Yeah. So it's kind of a win-win. That's great. Doug, you've, you've invested a lot in AGA. Oh, uh, yeah. AGA's that, been good to and, me. And we're, we're here in Anaheim um, for the first time in several years. Yes. And uh, you were once the president of AGA. Tell me what you think AGA means to the federal financial management community and how it's driving improvement, sort of lifting the boat of federal financial management. Uh, it is. It is. Um, I've been coming to AGA for whew, almost 30 years. Uh, it's been great for me personally just because of the, the networking opportunities. I mean, I've got an extremely broad network. There's a, uh, there isn't one issue that could, could, would, could come up that I can't imagine I could call somebody and say, hey, 
how did you handle this or what what should I do or not do? And then just in, in terms of driving you know, uh, initiatives through the CFO Council, that as ideas have come up, I've partnered up with other agencies and said, look, I want to suggest this, what do you think? And you know, you get a critical mass and you present it to uh, OMB and you got a whole lot uh, better chance of success. AGA, they can approach issues a, a little more independently than, than a lot of the agencies can. So they can go to OMB and, and the Hill and FaceAB and represent collective views uh, that individual agencies can. And it really has, has, I think, helped the industry drive value for the industry as a whole. And then going just back to me personally, I do my best strategic thinking at these conferences because A, it gets me out of the office, it gets me out of the email and meeting grind. And then also I'm just, I'm hearing from other agencies about cool stuff they're doing. So light bulbs are going off, hey, why can't we do that? So it's, yeah. And it's a hell of a place to party, as you can hear from the background. <laughs> so we got live music right now. Team building comes in many forms. <laughs> well, Doug, thanks for your service. Thanks for spending oh, time with you. us today. Now, you've been, a, you've been a huge contributor to the industry over the decade. So thank you for what you've You're done. You're very kind. Okay, I, I can't let you go without asking one last question. Sure. I saw that you have landed on and been launched <laughs> off an aircraft yes. carrier. Yes, that was before DOD even. And I'm excited that you did both, because otherwise you might not be here. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes, good point. <laughs> right? I mean, how is that? I think I would uh, oh, it's, freak out. It was awesome. I was I was a kid in a candy shop, and um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say about it. It was, it was I've, I've, I've always- You would do it again. Oh, within a heartbeat. I mean, I grew up, uh, oh, in, a, in a military town, mm-hmm. San Diego, um, and I've always respected the, the men and women uniform, and, and just to see see them in action and just do something cool like landing yeah. on an aircraft carrier. Yeah. I forget the number. I think it's it was zero to 108 miles an hour in 100 or no 2.8 seconds, something crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I just had to ask. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, for, for the old timers out there, it was an e-ticket ride at Disneyland. Oh, that's awesome. Well, awesome. this was a wild ride itself. Thanks for thanks for doing it, and enjoy the rest of the conference. And we'll look forward to uh, where you land next. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I think there's a pun there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes.